Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast. Weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Hey, why don't we give Leo and Christine, why don't we honour them? Want to honour you guys? Because um, you're amazing. You are someone who releases, who loves and who honours. And it's so cute seeing brother and brother just do communion together and then swap the little thing. I noticed. It was cute. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Sal. I am Italian. I am passionate and I am loud. So that's the only way to be. That's how God created us. He he created us short. He created us loud. He created us passionate. And he created us good looking and sexy. So this is a 5 p.m. service. We're allowed to say this stuff because it's not Facebook streamed and it's fine, right? You can do what I want. And being Italian, we had the best food. Hands down, who agrees? Italian, the culture, the best food ever. I see Australians lifting their hands and other people. Don't sit down, Nathan. You have a Vegemite. End of story. Um, (laughs) We have the best food. We have the best desserts. My favorite dessert is the tiramisu. Now, I know we've started our official fast today. We're doing a fruit and veg fast for 21 days or so. Um, But my mom makes the best tiramisu ever like my wife knows it and she's cool she tried to make it once and wasn't the same and I ate it and I was good but my mom makes the best tiramisu so if you if you ever want a, a great tiramisu just go up to my mom and go I would love to come over for dinner one night and she goes okay you'll come over and she'll make it she'll make it I promise you she'll make it you cannot let me down you have to make a tiramisu and um actually do you know mom do you know what the word tiramisu means Mum, do you know what it means? What? Lift me up. Ah, it's knowledgeable. I like this. It means pick me up, cheer me up. It's this cheer me up cake, so you can never eat it unhappy. But a, a tiramisu it is unlike any other cake. Like with, with normal cakes, when you buy the packet from the shop, you just it's all mixed in ingredients. But that's not the same with the tiramisu. It actually has layers upon layers upon layers, and every layer one, like just as important as the other. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to whet your appetite. You see, a tiramisu is made up of ladyfingers, soft-breaked fingers, which is dipped in coffee, with layered with whipped cream, mixture of eggs and sugar, and mascarpone cheese flavored with cocoa. Oh, my goodness. And then double espresso and coke. The tiramisu, there's nothing like a tiramisu. And tonight we are talking about prayer. And you are thinking, what the heck does a tiramisu have to do with prayer? Absolutely nothing because um, we're fasting. I just wanted to tease you. <laughs> hey, don't steal my sermon yet. You've already done that. It does. It's a, you haven't been to any of my sermons. I like to put a twist in my messages, Leo. Gets everyone on the hook. Anyway, I'm joking. But like a tiramisu... He's, oh, he spoiled it. Our life, prayer life, is actually constructed just like a tiramisu. Yes. There is actually layer upon layer on, upon layer, and some of us don't even know about it. We're praying, and we don't even know that when we pray, we are actually making a tiramisu in the spiritual, natural sense. And, 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 but you know every single layer of a tiramisu is, is very important. Just like our prayer life, every layer of our prayer life is so important that if we miss one, it's just not as good as what it should be. So, are you taking notes? Great stuff. The title of my message is very profound and very simple, but it is the Lord's Prayer. Say the Lord's Prayer. Lord's 
Let's turn to Matthew 6. Leo was in Luke 11 or something like that. I mean Matthew. I mean Matthew, the Lord's Prayer. Let's pick it up in 6, verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. But truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your father, and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees you in secret will reward you. So when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. Say, do not be like them. Don't do it. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. This is how we should pray. It's our Father in heaven. Hallowed be our name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread as we forgive as, as, and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You know the Lord's Prayer. Well done. That is great. You know, in five short verses, Jesus actually teaches us how to pray. You see, there are some prayer life changing statements given by Jesus that will change how we pray if we slow down enough. You see, it's so rushed. We, you know, like, like was mentioned this morning, I went to Mass and, and when I went to see the priest, he says, say this many, how, I, I, I knew the Our Father backwards. I knew it in Italian. In, I just knew the Our Father. But we just rushed through it. But Jesus is saying, hey, this, I'm not saying, hey, this is how you, sh- he, he, what, what does he say? He goes, this is how you should pray. He didn't say, this is your prayer. He didn't say, these are the very words. This is the model that, that I'm giving you that you should hold on to every time you pray. And I think if Jesus has something to say, I pray, he's probably the best example for us to listen to. Is that right? So we're going to go into it tonight. We're just going to have a, a quick look. It's a structured model. It's layers upon layers. And there are six layers of this prayer that we're going to dive into tonight. We're going to have a taste and we're going to eat and taste and see that He is good. Now I want to say, for those spontaneous people out there, that this prayer is structured so the Spirit of God can be released in and through you. Amen. See, when we pray with structure, we I'm going to go into it later. Is that okay? All right. Let's go for it. So this is the six layers that we're going to look at. The first layer is position. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So I love how Jesus starts with these statements. Two words. Our Father. You know, I've got many titles, as Leo just shared. And unlike most people, I love titles. Um, I really do. No, I don't. But we have titles and brother, father, son, pastor, all these stuff. But nothing beats the title of a father. I love when my daughter comes up to me. She does it a lot. She goes, daddy, daddy, daddy. And the other day really killed me because my daughter goes, daddy, can I just call you dad? I'm like, no, you can't until you're 30. It's daddy until you're 30. There's something intimate. And the other day she goes, daddy, daddy, you are the greatest daddy in the world. And there was a connection being made. It was this bonding moment with my daughter and I. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I could hug you forever. And then my son pipes up while playing the Nintendo. And he goes, no, he's not. God is. And I'm like, oh, son, you just saw the moment. 
And now my daughter thinks I'm not the greatest daddy in the world. Well, that's okay. I'm trying to explain it anyway. It's fine. He's absolutely right. I'm wrong. But you've got to understand, Jesus, he radically transformed and, and changed the way the, the, the Jewish people understood that word father. Because in the Old Testament, father, that word father was not the exact same word that Jesus used when he said our father. He, the, the Jewish people would have been like, whoa, what the heck are you thinking? Because they know Father God as Father of giver of all. He's the Father giver of life. He's the Father of the nations. It wasn't a personal, intimate word. They used the word Father as the word Awab. Awab. And it was like a forefather. But when Jesus said, our father, he used the word patre. That's where we get the Italian word patre. He, he used this intimate relationship and it would have flipped their minds because they're like, you know, we have a father. It's Father Abraham. We call him Father Abraham. Father Jake. Fa that's our father. And, and, and he flipped their minds. He, he's doing that now, then, and today. Father is so intimate. So he smashed their ways of thinking. And, and you know what it is? It's his literal adoption of fatherhood. Have you ever seen on Facebook those videos lately? I've shared one on my Facebook page. If you haven't seen it, follow me on Facebook, hashtag Salrove. And um, Instagram too. There's these intimate moments on Facebook where the kids is open up a present from their step-parents and open up into a letter and they read it out. And all of a sudden they start going, I would like to adopt you as my child. And all of a sudden the kid just starts crying absolute tears because they know what it means that I'm about to be adopted and we read here in scripture Romans 8 says put your name in this Dean you have not received a spirit that makes you a fearful slave instead you have received God's spirit when he adopted you Dean he adopted you as his own child now call him Papa Abba Father we are so, we're so, we come into this position of, Daddy, you are so good. And, and, and what it does, it, when my son approaches me, he approaches with absolute boldness. Daddy, I would like this, please. And he knows I'm going to say yes because I love him. And, and, but he, he, he doesn't fear me when, he approach, when we approach him. And what do we do? We approach Daddy with this authority going, Daddy, you are my kid. Like, you are not only creator, you are not only king, but you are now my dad. And I can approach the throne room without any hesitation. This is a matter what I did yesterday, doesn't matter what I did today, I can approach you, Dad, and you love me. Our Father, hallowed be your name. He, he takes it down from this and he goes, he's your dad, but he is God. You know, I love the old school cathedrals because they show a bit of majesty majesticness of the awesomeness of who God is right when you go when you go in some of these buildings you're just like wow you are good I love going out we're, we're about to hit up youth camp rise up <laughs> represent I'm still going to camp and I'm 35 and you go out and you look at the stars and you're like wow 
you are so good. We shift. There's a shift from, Daddy, I love you. I love you. I love you. But I worship you. I fix my eyes on you. It is all about you. You take your focus from yourself for a moment. You take his focus from everything that you're about to go through and you worship him. You put him first. And what it does, it, be, it doesn't be little, but it puts smaller. It, it, puts, it makes everything else you're going through smaller and significant compared to the bigness, the greatness, the all majesticness of God. And it allows you just to keep forward, moving forward. You know, there's so many times where I'm just praising Him. I'm walking around in my house and I love it because the kids are away at school and Laura's at work and I'm, I'm praying. I'm going, you are so good. You are amazing, Father. I worship you. I worship you. And I even forgotten what I was meant to be praying for. But I feel better afterwards, don't I? Because I've just encountered my Father in heaven. We make it all about Him and it's not about us. You know what's insane? When we say the word holy, hallowed, holy, we're saying we've set you apart. You are not like anyone else on this earth. We can't compare you to anything or anyone else on this earth. That's how good you are. And get this. He invites you and I into that holiness. And we can stand and he goes, hey, you are holy as well. You are unlike anything else I've ever created. And it makes you just feel so loved and special. Position yourself. Position yourself. It's the best foundation for any prayer. Our focus is on him and not on me. Amen? What's the second layer? The second layer is purpose. You like that, Leon? Are you impressed? Can you hire me as one of your graphic guys? Okay, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. So the second layer of our prayer is praying His will, not our will. And you know what makes this easy? When we start by putting Him first, it's actually so easy then to continue our prayer life to talk about His will. Why? Because He's already the focus of our attention. We've already been putting Him first. Too many times when we don't put Him first, we're like, Oh God, I just pray for this, and I pray for my house, and I pray for this, and it's all about me. But when we start and we start putting Him first, the next form of pattern, what is this? You are good. You are good. You are amazing. I love you. And I've Pray, Lord, that you have your way. It's just this flowing effect. It's a great place to start. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How often do we pray his will or how often are we praying our will? James 4.3 says, because you see this in Scripture over and over and over again. We're praying for this. We're praying, God, I'm praying, I'm praying. But I'm not receiving anything I'm praying for. You might be saying against Sal, I've prayed prayers and God hasn't heard me. Can I just quickly show you Scripture? It says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you would spend what you get on your own pleasures. And then in Matthew 18, he goes, he, he talks, he says, whatever, if there's two of you agree of anything you ask for, it will be done to you by my Father and and you're like, cool, two of us, let's ask for anything. But he continues, for we're two or more gathered in what? In my name. Next verse, I'm going to show you. If you abide in, oh, you are the best, baby. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Can I say a bit humbly that maybe we're not receiving because we're not asking the right things or we're not asking in the right motives. God, I, I pray for this so I can. You know what? I, I, I know it's a silly statement, but if he wants 
If you, want, if you will bless someone else, he will get it to you so that person gets blessed. Amen? Uh, yeah? Is that okay? But at the same time, can I say that he does just want to genuinely bless you? Like if, if, if my son asked me to get something and I have my power to give it to him, you know what? I actually do just want to bless my son. So it, 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 don't think like, oh, I can't have anything for myself. No, no. God loves you. He absolutely loves you. But don't be self-centered in that asking prayer all the time. Don't make it all about you, but you can still ask for things. Does that make sense? Good. It does. But what's the kind of... Yeah, yeah, anyway, keep going. So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You know, when there's a word released, when there's a word of encouragement given, do you know heaven is released? You know, when you lay hands on the sick, you know heaven is released. You know, we talk about there's an open heaven, but your kingdom come, your will be done. Every You're saying, God, do it, do it. And he goes, hey, you do it. I've given you hands. I've given you feet. I've given you a mouth. If you want heaven on earth to come, you release it. We have the power to release things everywhere we go. And the world is waiting for the church to rise up, pray this prayer, and actually activate ourselves to go out and see that take place everywhere we go. I encourage you, guess what happens? Heaven is released. You have the power to bring heaven on earth in everything we do. Isn't that awesome? Like, isn't that crazy? We have this like crazy power. We can just release heaven everywhere we go. So my question is, is why in our workplaces changed? Why are our schools still the same way a year ago? Are we too afraid? Let's be bolder this year where we go, you know what? I'm just going to be who you called me to be. And I'm just going to release that word. I'm going to actually live this life that makes it different and watch things change around us. I'm believing that for my work. I'm believing for my employees, my boss to get saved. (laughs) What's in heaven? There's joy, there's peace, forgiveness, there's love, there's no anxiety, there's no sickness, there's identity. You know, 10 years ago, I had my lower discs slipped and I prayed, radically healed. Healing was released. I, I, I could barely walk, barely do this. And then compl- I, I was running around the room, asked my wife. Absolute miracle took place. Six months ago, you don't know this, <laughs> confession time. My, pa- my, my back started to play up again. I can't stand much more than 10 minutes on during worship without me having it. If you ever see me sit down during worship, I'm not bored. I'm not bored. I get this excruciating pain in my lower back, and it's come back. Or oh, something's happened. But what do I do? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If there is no sickness in heaven, then I'm going to continue standing in faith until that back lines up to your truth. So if you're contending for something, do not let your physicalness, whatever thing is happening around you, dictate your faith. You stand firm. Your will be done on earth. And I'm walking in that healing. Amen. Number three, the third thing, the third layer. Now we're halfway. This is the uh, muscaponi bit, isn't it, mum? What's the third layer? Muscaponi. Provision. Give us today our daily bread. Daily bread. You know, back then, the portion of food they had was purely going to last them a day. They only had bread for the day. That's why when, when the neighbor, neighbor gets those visitors who come and they ask for bread at midnight, he's got no bread, there's a reason. He wasn't just a bad 
friend or neighbor, he only had bread for today. So Jesus is saying, pray, give us today. He's saying, hey, shift your focus, shift your trust from what you can provide to what I can provide. See, the, the world depends on things like the economy, which is important. People depend, thing, they put their trust on the stock exchange. I don't, I don't even know anything about stocks. Um, they, they put their trust on lottery tickets. You watch Christmas in New Year's time. That line is so, you know that line you want? That's at news agencies all the time. I'm like, you guys. Anyway, um, people do wishing wells. We're at um, Doi Tower last week, and my son walks past the wishing well. And he goes, what's that? And Laurie had to explain. Well, people put money in it, and they, get a, and they ask for a wish, and they might get it or not. And Jesus goes, well, that doesn't work. And that's a waste of money, isn't it? <laughs> Why? Because he gets it that our provision doesn't come from just wishing or hoping. It comes from our Father in heaven. If a five, seven, well, how old is he? Seven-year-old gets it. We got to get this. We got to get this. And we say, I can ask you, where do we put our trust in? Do we put in this and this and this? And you're going to give me the right answer. And what is that? We're going to put it on God. That, that, that's the good Christian answer. But can I ask you a question? Where does your heart go? Where does your mind go? And where does your peace go when one of those things is rattled and shaken? Because where your peace goes determines where our trust goes. And I want my trust to always go on him. You know, my wife and I, if you don't know, we just, we were so honored and blessed that we got to purchase our brand, uh, not a brand new, but our first home, our first house. So thank you, Jesus. I'm officially a Westie. I'm Blacktown 2148. So um, I've got to like look like a Westie. So I get more holes in my pants. Um, um, you know, I've got to get some Nikes, some Airs. What do you guys wear out west? I don't know. You see, from the beginning of this process of looking for a house, there was a real step of faith for us. I just did tr- I, I decided to trust God. We had a bit of a fight at one point. She yelled at me a lot, and I cried. That's how our fights work. And, um, and then I, she asked for forgiveness, and I said, well, I have to. So I forgave her. We fought, and then I went, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. I'm not stressing out. I'm going to put my trust in God. So we decided, you know what? God, it's not even about the house anymore. I just want your peace. I just want to be with you. I didn't care about this house. I just want you. I just want you. Now, I'm not going to share this whole story because it's actually an honest miracle how God just came through. But there was a moment where um, we went for, we, we, it, it was Christmas Eve, and we had to have been approved before the cooling off and the lawyer calls us up and we're at a park and he goes, hey, you probably won't get this house feeling in for five minutes. Like he's putting fear and doubt and all this stuff and he goes, I'll call you back. I hump the phone and I'm like, well, this was meant to be our Christmas miracle and I'm pushing my door on a swing and I went, you know what, babe? I don't care. God's got this. Like I literally don't care what's about to happen. My faith, my, I wasn't shaken at all. I just was not shaken. And we get a phone call 10 minutes later. He goes, hey, guess what? They've decided to extend. It's all good. It's all good. And then, but we had so many moments where I just had to stand that you are my provider. I'm not going to be shaken. I'm not going to be shaken. And we've got the house, right? It all came through at the end. But the best bit was that it was all God making a way, putting my trust in Him, my whole hope. You, do you know, before the banks even, okay, this is either foolish or faith. I don't care. I'm going on the faith side. 
qualified before the banks even said and, and signed off that we have the loan. Half our unit was actually in boxes. And people are like, why are you back? Why is your unit in? You haven't even like, you know, gotten improved. What are you doing? I said, the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. These boxes are my substance that I've already know that I'm going to get this house. It's, this is evidence of things not yet seen. The banks just haven't caught up with God. So put your trust in Him. Seek Him. Seek Him first. Everything else shall be added unto you. When it looks like it's not happening, seek Him. He doesn't say seek Him um, and, and, and you'll feel better. I get this unshakable peace knowing that He is my provider. What's your daily bread? Because I'm just talking about a material thing. Maybe you need grace for today. Maybe you need strength. You know, we're kicking off a new year. I flipped out. (laughs) Confession to Leo. Can I do this again? Can I be the pastor the church needs me to be? Can I be the leader? God, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Give me today my provision of daily strength, daily anointing, daily grace. Father, without you, I cannot do this. And I ask it every day. So I'm asking you, what do you need to do to step out in the faith realm to receive his provision? What is it that you need to do? You need to go for that job that you thought you couldn't get. Maybe you need to step out and go for it. Whatever it is, you actually need to step out in faith in order to say, I actually believe. It's one thing to believe it in here. It's another thing to actually step off. So let's step off. Number four. Forgive us of our sin as we forgive those who sin against us. The fourth layer is pardon. Pardon. Would have said forgiveness, but I'm using the P's. We had provision, we had position, purpose, we have pardon. We're going to break this up in two parts. First, it speaks of our need for forgiveness from God. And the second, our need of forgiving other people. Forgiveness from God. You know, most of us, you might be in here and you're a Christian. And you're like, I don't really do that many bad sins. Like I can stand here and say, I don't really do bad sins, okay? I'm actually a pretty good guy. I don't do these bad stuff. Just putting that out there. I'm a good boy. Don't do anything bad. But I doubt. I'd worry. I do little things that might not seem anything. But to him, it's all sin. It's all sin. It's all sin. And what I do is when I ask him for forgiveness, when I go, Father, forgive me today of my sin, it really humbles you. It really makes you go, I'm actually in need of a savior. I actually, I'm not good enough. I can't do anything to be forgiven. I actually need you to forgive me. It humbles me so much more. If I'm not humbled by this, if I don't go, Jesus, without you, I'd be going straight to hell. I don't even know how you look at me and still love me because I look at myself and go, I want to uppercut you like sometimes for what you just did or how you just thought. And he loves me so much that enables me to humble myself to do the next part, which is I want to forgive those who sin against me. Because without humbling yourself, there is no way you're ever going to forgive the other person who's hurt you. 
He puts it in for a reason because our sins are forever washed. Our sins are forever. They're not even covered. They're gone. He doesn't even look. Our sins, our, our past, our present, future sin, gone. Then why do we need to daily confess? I reckon the key part is so we're humbled enough to be able to forgive those who hurt us. Because if we don't ask for forgiveness, we become this prideful person. It's like, I can't believe you did that to me. Are you joking? Do you know who I am? Are you kidding me? Do you know who I am? Get stuffed and you walk away. God, sort this person out. God's like, I didn't say for you to pray that I forgive them. I said you pray that you can forgive. Because he knew that there was a releasing that needs to take place in our hearts if we don't forgive. We hold on to it. It's like cancer. It builds up. It eats you up. And it eventually will take you out. So many people leave the church. And you hear stories. I'm not going to mention their names. But there was this um, worship couple who, 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 great albums. And now they don't even, he doesn't even believe in God anymore. And I'm like, how did you go from writing these amazing albums that we sing in church? And don't be thinking about who it is. You'll never get it. And, and, and all of a sudden, like, you don't love God and I go there must have been a connection because you can't just believe that gravity exists and one day go gravity doesn't exist like 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 you know it exists you know God exists so why don't you believe and I think there's an attachment there's a hurt that's attached I'm offended with you I'm offended with man whatever it is and God's like if you only learn how to release this guy does it the absolute best I've never met a more graceful forgiving loving man of teach me how do you do it it is incredible and I've never, ever, ever seen him ever churned up, never angry, never bitter. And his life is just so free. And I want to get to that place when I reach his age in the next short time. <laughs> He's doing it for your behalf and for my behalf. So who do you need to let go? This year, who is it? What's killing you inside? Because you don't want to get to the end of the year, either walking away or not living to the fullest potential. Father, forgive me. And I'm going to forgive that person. Amen? Is this all right? I'm going to keep going. Number five. Protection. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And God doesn't tempt us, right? But God leads us. You know, it's all over Scripture. If you read the Old Testament, what does God do to He led them out of Egypt. He led them to the promised land. And you read the Psalms. He leads us. He leads us. He leads us. He leads us. But some of us are here going, God, I pray lead us not into temptation. But why am I still in this sin? Why am I still being led to temptation when I'm praying to deliver us? You know, He can lead you. You've all got stuff. Tim, you've all got... Get up. He can, I can lead him as much as I want. But if Leon decides to turn right at this moment while I'm leading him, there is nothing I can do to keep him from temptation. Uh, can you come back, man? I need you for a moment. There is nothing I can do because he's let go of my hand. He goes, Sal, like, like God, I'll do it my way. I'm taking a ride, but it's led me to temptation. But I'm praying, lead me. And God's saying, okay, I'm leading you. Follow me. Sometimes we find ourselves in mess because we let go of his hand. And we thought we could do it our way. And we're tempted. Or we're angry. Or we're stressed. Just turn back around. Find where you let go. Grab a hold. Keep walking again. He's so good, isn't he? That, you know what he does? Leon's gone right. I don't believe God continues walking. 
I don't think he hangs waiting for you. Come back. Repent. 180. He's come back. This is where I was taking you. God hasn't moved on from your life. He's just waiting for you to catch back up with him. Amen? But deliver us from the evil one. You know, I've had a bit of, um, I'm going to be open with all of you now. Confession time. I really struggled with the concept of angels being sent to us and we have ministering angels. I don't know, just theology. This is five, ten years ago. I'm good now. I'm really good now. Trust me. But do you know how often I pray now, God, send your angels. Like, send them over to my house right now to protect from anything happening to them. Like, send your angels to protect my kids. Because you know how much in Scripture there is about angels? Like, I'm just going to share Psalm 91. For he will give his angels charge concerning you and me to guard you in all your ways. He's given your angels to guard you. Maybe we're not seeing them and we're not protected because we're not asking for them. Ask and you shall receive believing faith. So I'm just doing them. I'm going to give you more because some of you don't believe me. Psalm 34, the angel of the Lord encamps, say encamps. They're in camp. They stayed there, ready, around those who fear him and he delivers them. That's all Old Testament. Cool. I'm so happy you said that. Uh, uh, Hebrews 1.4. Are not angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Is anyone in this room inheriting salvation? Guess what? Angels are sent. So release them. That's what I've been doing. That's why our house is protected. That's why I live in Maryland. I've never had a break-in. Why? Because angels are standing at my door. And if a thief comes in, they are freaking out. Eh? I can keep going until you get this. I'm joking. There's so much. But sometimes we need to have an Elisha moment. We need to have one of those Elisha moments. Oh, Lord, the prophet's freaking out, right? They're surrounded by the, the army. They're surrounded. And he's there going, don't you get it? It'd be like Leo and I. Leo, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And Leo goes, don't you get it? Look, can't you see what I see? No. And open his eyes army of angel hey when you think you're surrounded by the enemy guess what you might be surrounded but you're also surrounded by the one who loves you okay it's a protection it's a prayer he said lead deliver us pray this is a layer of your prayer life if you want to see things take place pray it out amen the last one amen promise promise if i can get my guy up here it'd be awesome andrew you're amazing why don't we give uh, andrew a huge um it's his first time on uh, worship tonight and uh i think he's amazing one word four letters i can hear you with so much power connected. You know, as a Western society and as a world, I think we've really dumbed that word down to the pizzas arrived. Amen. Oh, my food's on time. Amen. Or like, like, you know what I mean? It's just like this, yay, it finally happened. There's so much power connected to it. Amen. Literally stands for certainly truth 
and verily. It is a partnering and a declaration with, with, with what God is doing in and through you. Amen. Let it be. Step of faith. And, and can I share some stuff? Is that it's this assurance that we've received what we've prayed for without even getting it yet. It's us packing for our house before the salt signs up. That's an amen moment. People will look at you and go, that is complete foolish. And it's like, you know what? That's great because I've got God on my side. I'd rather look foolish to the ways of the world and look right in the eyes of God. And I'm standing on this amen promise. And it's a promise that all the promises, it says here in 2 Corinthians 1.20, for all, say all. All All means. You've learned well. For all the promises of God in Him, in Jesus, are yes, and in Jesus, amen, to the glory of God through us. It's not even on you and I. It's all on Him. It's all Him. He allows it to go, you know what? I have all these promises. My question is, is how many of the promises do you and I know? When's the, like, like, when's the last time we prayed His promises? When's the last time? That's fine. God provide me. When's the last time I read through this? You know how many, there's thousands upon thousands of promises, but we read it like word and we need to declare it over and over and over. Read the book of Ephesians. I've been telling everyone this. Read the book of Ephesians for a whole year. Do you know how many promises are in that thing? And you stand on it and go, yes and amen. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't do that. And um, know your promise. Write it down. You know what I've done this year? I'm going to end on this. I want one discipline over my life. I learned this from... A wise old man, not you. <laughs> You're a young Craig Rochelle. Craig Rochelle. And he goes, too many people try and do New Year's Eve goals. And it's like, I'm going to do 15 things this year. 92% of them fail in, by Valentine's Day, apparently. Great hope. Then he goes, what I've done is I've put one principle, one, one discipline in place every year that I'll do every day for that year. And then next year I'll do another discipline. That's two disciplines that you'll master at the end of two years. I've always wanted to journal. And so I got given a five-year diary thing. So I went, right, I'm going to start. I write down his promises, everything he says about me every day. I read over it. I, I read over the words. I've had people, Leo himself, other people, written me encouraging words. Guess what? When I feel down, I read it. I declare it. The promises are yours. They are yes and amen. If you want this year to be an effective prayer life, then make a tiramisu. Layer it with, that's right, layer it with what? We're going to read with, with um, I don't even know. Well, that's it. We're going to go with position. We're going to go with purpose. We're going to go with provision. What's the next one, guys? Next one. Next one. Simple. Right? The, the fervent what is it? Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. How many times I've prayed these prayers? Oh, Father God, thank you, Father God, for Father God, and Father God, I don't know, Father God, thank you for Jesus, Father God, and Jesus, Father God, and love you, Jesus, Father God, Father God, Jesus, Father God. I'm like going, what am I even saying? I want to be effective in my prayer life. Holy Spirit can, you know, when I pray and I'm structured, 
there are times that I'm speaking in tongues like an absolute nut job that my, my neighbors are like, what is going on? But it just grounds me and it just, it just makes, I know what I'm praying. I'm effective in my prayer life. Why? I'm not praying for me. Guess what I'm praying for? You guys as well. We're praying for each other. So I'd want to make sure that you are effective in your prayer life when you pray for me. Amen? Why don't you stand? I'm done. Awesome job. I thought you were going to pray for us. You want to pray for us? Who wants this? Who's going to implement this? Simple. I can give you those six things, but just read the prayer itself. Father, I thank you that you didn't just leave us alone, but you gave us a model for us to pray when we seek you. So I just pray for your Holy Spirit just to come right now. If there's anything that we might, whatever it is, our prayer life has not been existent. Maybe it's minimal. Maybe it's, I don't even know what to pray. Father, today let it be a mark of a new day where we get back. You know, it's the greatest weapon of warfare is our prayer life, church. And for some of us, we need to start wielding that sword again so sharp because the enemy is attacking. And, and it's like, you know, we've got an attack weapon. It's our prayer life. So Father, stir it up within us right now. Holy Spirit, come and challenge us and come and help us, equip us you have already to be able to pray the way you've called us to pray so we can see miracles signs and wonders and heaven released on planet earth everywhere we go amen amen amen. you've been listening to the ggc life podcast we hope this message has encouraged you for more please visit our website ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.